Section 18 of the Underground Railroad, Part 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Underground Railroad, Part 2, by William Still, Section 18. Five Years and One Month Secreted, Part 4. Eleventh Letter, Extract. Rejoices at hearing of the success of the Underground Railroad. Inquires particularly after the fellow who cut off the patrol's head in Maryland. Hamilton, August 15, 1856. Dear friend, I am very glad to hear that the Underground Railroad is doing such good business, but tell me in your next letter if you have seen the heroic fellow that cut off the head of the patrol in Maryland. We wants that fellow here, as John Bull has a great deal of fighting to do, and as there is a colored captain in this city, I would seek to have that fellow promoted, providing he became a soldier. Great respect, John H. Hill. P.S. Please forward the enclosed to Mr. McCray. Twelfth letter. Extract. Believes in praying for the slave, but thinks fire and sword would be more effective with slaveholders. Hamilton, January 5th, 1857. Mr. Still. Our papers contains long details of insurrectionary movements among the slaves at the South, and one paper adds that a great number of generals, captains, with other officers had been arrested. At this day, four years ago, I left Petersburg for Richmond to meet the man whom called himself my master, but he wanted money worser that day than I do this day. He took me to sell me. He could not have done a better thing for me, for I intended to leave anyhow by the first conveyance. I hard some good prayers put up for the sufferers on last Sunday evening in the Baptist church. Now, friends, still I believe that prayers affect great good, but I believe that the fire and sword would affect more good in this case. Perhaps this is not your thoughts, but I must acknowledge this to be my policy. The world are being turned upside down, and I think we might as well take an active part in it as not. We must have something to do as other people, and I hope this moment among the slaves are the beginning. I wants to see something go on while I live. Yours truly, John H. Hill. Thirteenth Letter Sad Tidings from Richmond Of the Arrest of a Captain with Slaves on Board as Underground Railroad Passengers Hamilton, June fifth, 1858 Dear friend Still, I have just heard that our friend Captain B. have been taken prisoner in Virginia with slaves on board of his vessel. I heard this about an hour ago. The person told me of this, said he read it in the newspaper. If this be so, it is awful. You will be so kind as to send me some information. Send me one of the Virginia papers. Poor fellow, if they have got him, I am sorry, sorry to my heart. I have not heard from my uncle for a long time. If have heard or do hear anything from him at any time, you will oblige me by writing. I wish you to inquire of Mr. Anderson's friends, if you know any of them, if they have heard anything from him since he was in your city. I have written to him twice since he was here according to his own directions, but never received an answer. I wants to hear from my mother very much, but cannot hear one word. You will present my best regards to the friend. Mrs. Hill is quite sick. Yours truly, J. H. Hill. P.S. I have not received the anti-slavery standard for several weeks. Please forward any news relative to the captain. 
J.H.H. The Escape of Hezekiah Hill, Uncle of John Henry Hill Impelled by the love of freedom, Hezekiah resolved that he would work no longer for nothing, that he would never be sold on the auction block, that he no longer would obey the bidding of a master, and that he would die rather than be a slave. This decision, however, had only been entertained by him a short time prior to his escape. For a number of years, Hezekiah had been laboring under the pleasing thought that he should succeed in obtaining freedom through purchase, having had an understanding with his owner with this object in view. At different times he had paid on account for himself $1,900, $600 more than he was to have paid according to the first agreement. Although so shamefully defrauded in the first instance, he concluded to bear the disappointment as patiently as possible and get out of the lion's mouth as best he could. He continued to work on and save his money until he had actually come within $100 of paying 2000 At this point, instead of getting his free papers, as he firmly believed that he should, to his surprise one day he saw a notorious trader approaching the shop where he was at work. The errand of the trader was soon made known. Ezekiel simply requested time to go back to the other end of the shop to get his coat, which he seized and ran. He was pursued but not captured. This occurrence took place in Petersburg, Virginia, about the 1st of December, 1854. On the night of the same day of his escape from the trader, Ezekiel walked to Richmond and was there secreted under a floor by a friend. He was a tall man of powerful muscular strength, about thirty years of age, just in the prime of his manhood, with enough pluck for two men. A heavy reward was offered for him, but the hunters failed to find him in this hiding place under the floor. He strongly hoped to get away soon. On several occasions he made efforts, but only to be disappointed. At different times at least two captains had consented to afford him a private passage to Philadelphia, but like the impotent man at the pool, some one always got ahead of him. Two or three times he even managed to reach the boat upon the river, but had to return to his horrible place under the floor. Some were under the impression that he was an exceedingly unlucky man, and for a time captains feared to bring him, but his courage sustained him unwaveringly. Finally, at the expiration of thirteen months, a private passage was procured for him on the steamship Pennsylvania and with a little slave boy, seven years of age, the son of the man who had secreted him, though placed in a very hard berth, he came safely to Philadelphia, greatly to the astonishment of the Vigilance Committee, who had waited for him so long that they had despaired of his ever coming. The joy that filled Hezekiah's bosom may be imagined but never described. None but one who had been in similar straits could enter into his feelings. He had left his wife Louisa and two little boys, Henry and Manuel. His passage cost one hundred dollars. Hezekiah being a noted character, a number of the true friends were invited to take him by the hand and to rejoice with him over his noble struggles and his triumph. Needing rest and recruiting, he was made welcome to stay at the expense of the committee, as long as he might feel disposed so to do. He remained several days, and then went on to Canada rejoicing. After arriving there, he returned his acknowledgment for favors received, etc., in the following letter. Toronto, January 24, 1856. Mr. Still, 
This is to inform you that myself and little boy arrived safely in this city this day, the 24th, at 10 o'clock, after a very long and pleasant trip. I had a great deal of attention paid to me while on the way. I owes a great deal of thanks to yourself and friends. I will just say, Hare, that when I arrived at New York I found Mr. Gibbs sick and could not be attended to there. However, I have arrived all right. You will please to give my respects to your friends that writes in the office with you, and to Mr. Smith, also Mr. Brown, and the friends, Mrs. Still in particular. Friend Still, you will please to send the enclosed to John Hill, Petersburg. I want him to send some things to me. You will be so kind as to send your direction to them, so that the things to your care. If you do not see a convenient way to send it by hands, you will please direct your letter to Philip Eubank, Petersburg. Yours respectfully, H. Hill. James, brother of John Henry Hill. For three years, James suffered in a place of concealment before he found the way opened to escape. When he resolved on having his freedom, he was much under twenty-one years of age, a brave young man, for three years, with unfailing spirit, making resistance in the city of Richmond to the slave power. Such heroes in the days of slavery did much to make the infernal system insecure, and to keep alive the spirit of freedom in liberty-loving hearts the world over, wherever such deeds of noble daring were made known. But of his heroism, but little can be reported here, from the fact that such accounts as were in the possession of the committee were never transferred from the loose slips of paper on which they were first written to the regular record book but an important letter from the friend with whom he was secreted, written a short while before he escaped on a boat, gives some idea of his condition. Richmond, Virginia, February 16, 1861. Dear Brother Still, I received a message from Brother Julius Anderson, asking me to send the bundle on, but I has no way to send it. I have been waiting and truly hoping that you would make some arrangement with some person and send for the parcel. I have no way to send it, and I cannot communicate the subject to a stranger. There is a way by the New York line, but they are all strangers to me, and of course I could not approach them with this subject, for I would be endangered myself greatly. This business is left to you and to you alone to attend to in providing the way for me to send on the parcel. If you only make an arrangement with some person, and let me know the said person and the article which they is to be sent on, then I can send the parcel. Unless you do make an arrangement with some person, and assure them that they will receive the funds for delivering the parcel, this business cannot be accomplished. It is in your power to try to make some provision for the article to be sent, but it is not in my power to do so. The bundle has been on my hands now going on three years, and I have suffered a great deal of danger, and is still suffering the same. I have understood, sir, that there were no difficult about the money that you had it in your possession, ready for the bundle whenever it is delivered. But, sir, as I have said, I can do nothing now. Sir, I ask you please, through sympathy and feelings on my part, and his try to provide a way for the bundle to be sent and relieve me of the danger in which I am in. You might succeed in making an arrangement with those on the New York steamers, for they does such things, but please let me know the man that the arrangement is made with. Please give me an answer by the bearer. Yours truly, friend, C.A. At last the long dark night passed away, 
and this young slave safely made his way to freedom, and proceeded to Boston, where he now resides. While the committee was looked to for aid in the deliverance of this poor fellow, it was painful to feel that it was not in their power to answer his prayers, not until after his escape was it possible to do so. But his escape to freedom gave them a satisfaction which no words can well express. At present, John Henry Hill is a justice of the peace in Petersburg. Ezekiel resides at West Point, and James in Boston, rejoicing that all men are free in the United States at last. End of section 18. Recording by Lee Smalley.